You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Noel King, remind me what we did on Today Explained this week. This week... It's Friday. Certainly Monday? Elon Musk. Monday was machine guns. We started the week by saying America has all of these machine guns on its hands Great now. show. And then Tuesday was about another thing in news. Roe v. Wade. Roe v. It was the oh, thing. Roe v. Yes. Oh, my God. The biggest story in a generation. We had to throw out all our plans. Yes. To talk about... The leak. The leak. Which then you did again on Wednesday. Yes. And then Thursday... Kids, little kids. Always remember the little kids. Little kids and, who and still vaccines. don't have vaccines. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of grim news. It's a lot of grim news, dude. What do you say we end the week with a positive jam? Oh, my God. Can we please? We have one, Noel. What is it? We got a possible cure for sickle cell disease. No kidding. Coming up on Today Explained. Today... Today Explained. Today Explained, I'm Sean Ramos Firm, and you'll be relieved to know that there is a doctor in the house. It's Dr. Dhruv Kular. I'm a physician at Wa Cornell in New York and a writer for The New Yorker. Where he recently wrote about a potential cure for sickle cell disease. Yeah, so sickle cell disease is a disorder of the blood, and specifically the red blood cells, which carry oxygen to our entire body, to all organs in our body. And in most of us, these red blood cells are kind of like little saucers. You know, they can move around the body easily. They have no problem kind of dropping off their transport of oxygen. What happens with people in sickle cell disease is that a specific protein within the red blood cell, it's called hemoglobin, this is the protein that actually carries the oxygen, it's defective in some way. And so what it starts to do is instead of, you know, if you can think about the red blood cell as kind of a bag with a bunch of little confetti inside and and kind of move around okay, what happens with sickle hemoglobin is that it congeals into these long strands. And so it kind of stretches out the balloon of the red blood cell. It starts to look like what we call a sickle or kind of a crescent moon. And that causes all sorts of problems. These types of red blood cells are fragile. They can't move their way through the the body's blood vessels as easily. They cause kind of traffic jams. And their end result is that oxygen doesn't get to where it needs to be. And so, as you can imagine, that can cause all sorts of problems, strokes and joint damage and abdominal pain and bone pain. Uh, And the basic idea is that you're not getting enough oxygen to your different organs of your body. So sickle cell disease has, has been around forever. It was first kind of described in the early 1900s. And so in the article, I talk about a patient named Walter Clement Noel. And he's a gentleman from Granada. Uh, He comes to the United States to study dentistry at the University of Chicago. And he has all sorts of medical problems. He has trouble breathing. He has pain in his abdomen. He has pain in his joints. He ends up seeking care at a hospital in Chicago. It was by chance that Noel happened to consult James Herrick, a doctor with an interest in hematology. 
the study of blood. They look under the microscope and his blood has, it doesn't look like, you know, normal red blood cells. It looks like all these little sickles. They follow him for three years. They can't figure out what it is, but they write a report. And in the coming decades, doctors around the country start to look at this report. They report similar types of symptoms in their own patients. And then in 1949, Linus Pauling um, describes what he calls the first molecular disease. I believe that this is a disease of the molecule and that if we look at the blood of these patients, we shall find that the hemoglobin molecules are different from those of other people. So sickle cell disease was actually the first disease that we knew the exact protein, the exact molecule that was defective. So Drew, why did you want to write about sickle cell right now? So there's a few reasons. I mean, in my practice as a, as a physician in the hospital, I often see patients who have sickle cell disease and they come into the hospital and they're in terrible pain often. It feels like um, somebody's hitting you with a hammer. They have all sorts of complications. They can have strokes and joint destruction and they're in the hospital, they're getting blood transfusions and they need lots of pain medications. It is a really devastating disease. You know, anyone who kind of cares for patients in the hospital probably has experienced that. A lot of these patients are in and out of the hospital every few months. Some of them are in and out of the hospital every few weeks. Nobody else but us people that have pain knows how And now, in the past few years, there's been these gene therapy trials, which seem incredibly promising. And so there have been dozens of patients treated through these types of gene therapies, which come in different kind of flavors that we can talk about. Um, And many of these patients have had complete resolution of their symptoms. So they're not on pain medications. They don't have any uh, further issues. And so I thought this was a really interesting um, set of potential therapies, and I wanted to learn more about it. Um, And it turns out they seem to be quite effective, but there's also a lot of challenges that may come up uh, in terms of getting them to people. Unfortunately, for all sorts of reasons, sickle cell was underfunded for many years, and it didn't have any treatments for the next 50 years. And only now are we kind of getting to the point where we're really starting to get a handle on um, potentially transforming the care for people with sickle cell disease. What are some of the reasons it was so underfunded for so long? Who's most affected by sickle cell disease? Yeah, so sickle cell disease affects predominantly people of African ancestry, and there's an important kind of reason for that. If you have one sickling gene, you have what's called sickle cell trait, and that affords a certain degree of protection against malaria. And so this gene kind of evolved in places in the world where malaria um, had a high prevalence. So in Africa, in Southern Europe, in parts of Asia, uh, in the United States at least, the vast majority of people who have sickle cell disease are black. It's estimated that there's probably around 100,000 people in the U.S. with sickle cell disease, one in every 365 black births, it has sickle cell. And so it's, it's really a problem that is related. You can't disentangle it from history of systemic racism and discrimination and bias within the medical system and the funding for various treatments within the U.S. healthcare system. And for those reasons, it has been understudied and underfunded. So you're basically saying that the reason this hasn't really been addressed or a top priority is because it was mostly devastating Black communities. It's one of the reasons. You know, cystic fibrosis, for instance, it affects about a third as many patients as sickle cell disease, but it receives much more in foundation funding than does sickle cell disease. Hmm. You know, I talk about the ice bucket challenge you might remember back in 2014. Yo, maniacs, this is Hulk Hogan here, and this is the ALS challenge. 
Regrettably, I do remember that. It raised, you know, something like a hundred times as much funding as sickle cell gets from foundations in a typical year. And so there was a real lack of funding for a very long time for this disease. So what you gonna do? Runs frozen And so previously, what tools have doctors had available to treat sickle cell disease? In 1998, there was the first medication that was approved. It was called hydroxyurea, as approved by the FDA. As hematologists, we're frequently asked whether or not hydroxyurea is the best drug that we have available to treat our patients. The truth is, it's really the only drug we have available to treat our patients, which is what makes it the best choice. And it's a medication that tries to shift some of the body's production from this abnormal sickle hemoglobin to a different type of hemoglobin, um, which is actually present just after we're born. And that, that seems to help some people, and it can reduce the number of times that people have sickling crises and the severity of those. You know, it has some side effects. It doesn't work for everyone. That was the mainstay of treatment. There were some other adjunct therapies that people would use, like kids would get penicillin prophylaxis to guard against some infections. You'd want to make sure that they have their vaccines. But in terms of targeted treatment for sickle cell, that was the main one. And then a lot of patients, unfortunately, have to be on you know chronic pain medications, opioids often, to control kind of the severe pain that they have. And so those were kind of the, a set of therapies that the doctors have been using and continue to use to, to care for patients with sickle cell. And now there's a game-changing treatment. There may be a game-changing treatment. We're on kind of the precipice, potentially, if these gene therapies you know, are as effective as we think they are, of transforming care for patients with sickle cell disease. And there are a number of companies that are in clinical trials um, with gene therapies. And those trials seem to be going quite well. Two of the companies that I've spoken with expect to submit their data for FDA approval at the end of this year or early next year. So it's possible that a year from now, we'll have several gene therapies for sickle cell disease on the market. And for people who don't know how gene therapies work, how do they work? It's hard to talk about them in general because for different diseases, there's different techniques. But for sickle cell disease, I can tell you how it works. So for sickle cell disease, you know, you can think of it almost like a stem cell transplant that you that you might have heard about for, for cancers or for other diseases. And so what happens is you take the patient's blood cells, you treat them in a lab, you edit the DNA of those blood cells. Meanwhile, the patients in the hospital, they've gotten chemotherapy to try to wipe out most of their bone marrow, both red blood cells cells and white blood cells. So during that period, they're at high risk for infection and other complications. And then you infuse their own blood cells back into them. These are now the edited blood cells. The idea is that those blood cells will take up residence in the patient's bone marrow and start creating uh, more of the hemoglobin uh, afterwards. So this, this approach has kind of a few advantages as compared to traditional stem cell transplants. In a traditional transplant in the past that's been used for sickle cell as well, you need to find a donor, first of all. And not a lot of people have donors. So the estimates are you know less than one in five sickle cell patients can find a suitable sibling donor to go through this process. Even if you do find a donor, you end up having to take pretty powerful immunosuppressive medications because there's a risk that those new cells from someone else uh, might be rejected by your body. And so you need to take these immunosuppressive medications that in and of itself can put you at risk for other types of infections. And so this is one of the reasons that these new gene therapies are so kind of exciting is that everyone is their own donor. There's very low risk of rejection going forward. And at least in the few dozen patients that we've seen, they've had quite good outcomes for the most part. 
tell us about one of them. You know, one of the patients that I spoke with was was a woman named Victoria Gray. She was the first patient who got um, the CRISPR gene therapy in 2019. And I'm 36 years old from Forest, Mississippi. Right now, I consider myself to be cured of sickle cell disease, but I will always consider myself to be a sickle cell patient. Well, I first started having sickle cell crisis at the age of three months old. So for me, it's been hospital stays my whole childhood in and out of the hospital with frequent blood transfusions and a lot of pain. And it's a pain that I couldn't rub and make feel better. I couldn't relieve it. Nothing helped except for high-dose pain medicines, and sometimes that didn't even help. And I would get pain in my chest that felt like lightning strikes. It it would take my breath away. I had a crisis during testing, and I had to be hospitalized in Nashville. So Dr. Frangul came to my bedside, and he said, Victoria, have you ever heard of something called CRISPR? And I said, no. (laughs) And he said, it's a new therapy. And if you agree to do it, you would be the first. If I hadn't went through 34 years of sickle cell disease, I wouldn't even know or relate to being a sickle cell patient now. You know, I don't have any of the symptoms at all. I'm able to do all the things I dreamt of doing. I don't have pain crisis at all. I was released from the hospital in September of 2019, and I haven't had a hospital (laughs) admission since then. My favorite thing has been being there for my kids, and that's being in the audience, um, in the crowd at the football games, watching my daughter cheer and my boys on the field, even smiling when they're on the bench. <laughs> so that, that's that been the greatest part. And um, as I can say, when I speak to other sickle cell patients who are considering this, I can dream again. I stopped dreaming as far as my future because all I saw was pain, devastation, and failed dreams, so I stopped. Now I can dream, I can plan, and look forward to life and growing old. So what you gonna do? We're back. Today explained Hulk Hogan, Sean Ramos from Dr. Dhruv, Kular, who practices medicine but also finds time to write for the New Yorker. Extremely annoying, but he's a good guy. Who's been telling us about what seems like a potential miracle treatment for sickle cell disease. Unfortunately, this is America, so I had to ask Dr. Dhruv what this treatment costs. They're not on the market yet, but the expectation is that... First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. 
Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on Call mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.